at the time of this recording, October 2020, our world is quite literally living through a shitstorm. It's the only way I know how to describe it because COVID-19 has literally turned every everything we know upside down and made every single human on this planet take a pause. Now, in many ways, I think this has been really good because we've had time to slow down. We've had time to reflect more, pray more, figure out the meaning of life, and just spend more quality time with those that we love the most. However, in many ways, I also know this year has left people truly crumpled up on the floor of their closet, worried, afraid, and feeling utterly alone. Personally, I think I have fared through 2020 in relatively good shape. My family has remained healthy. There's a roof over my head and a fridge full of food and my business is intact. And just by and large, I'm feeling pretty hopeful that things are going to get better. The only reason I can say any of this with certainty is because I've been through my own closet floor moment when literally I could not see my way out. It's an inside story I haven't shared much, and so I feel like today someone out there needs to hear it. You need to hear it. You need to hear that it's going to be okay. You need to hear that someone else has been there and gotten through to the other side. The story I'm about to share with you today is is not an easy one to, to recall. It brings back a flood of memories and feelings that I had as a young mom feeling completely imprisoned by fear. I remember that moment on my closet floor like it was yesterday because these are the moments in life that we have to make critical decisions to either forge forward or completely give up. I made a promise to you when I started this podcast that part of this podcasting journey was going to be an experiment of sorts, an opportunity for me to perform my own storytelling wizardry on myself and begin extracting these inside stories of my own. So I know this is going to be a little messy and uncomfortable, but I also promised to tell you the truth. So here goes. My hope is this story will serve you today in whatever capacity you need to hear it. Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story Podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hey. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inside Story Podcast. I'm April. So happy and so pleased and thrilled that you are here. And I am just sitting here in front of my microphone thinking of you today as I begin to share this story. For nearly 20 years, I would say, my husband and I lived in the Carolinas. At first, we were in North Carolina, just outside of Asheville, beautiful part of the country. And then for 12 years, we lived in Greenville, South Carolina, a place that we absolutely loved. This is where actually both of our children were born and raised. And at the time, during this phase of our life, I was mainly a stay-at-home mom, working a few projects here and there from home. I did it just to sort of keep my foot in the door of the video industry, but suffice it to say, I was not really bringing in uh, enough income to get excited about. It was one of those things that every once in a while, it was a boost and we appreciated it, but by and large, my husband was the breadwinner in our family. And at the time, He was a partner in a restaurant company, managing and operating four different locations across the Carolinas. He was the operating partner, and he had two other business partners who also happened to be married to each other, which is an important important detail because actually a little side note here, I'll tell you, never go into business with a married couple. That is just all I'm going to say about this one. Anyway, After about 10 years of running and operating this business, the business partnership between the three of them, or or rather between my husband, Kyle, and the married couple, began to sour. As time went on very quickly, the business relationship turned very toxic. And in October of 2009, again, remember kind of what was going on in our world in 2009, we were not exactly experiencing a great economy, my husband came home and said he was at a breaking point. He had announced to the partners that he was going to take a week off and decide whether or not he was going to stay in the partnership. And at the end of that week, he left. Now, as his wife, I wanted to support him because I could see how toxic this partnership was for him. It was a huge drain on him physically emotionally and mentally. And honestly, it it was like my husband, the guy that I had married, had really started to slip away. And I could see all of that. But my fearful mind immediately went to the finances. I questioned, oh my gosh, how are we going to pay our bills if he left? My own crappy money story led me down a path of fear and worry concerned more about our financial security than for the health and well-being of my own husband. Looking back, I can say this, and I'm not proud of it at all, but I can see so clearly how my lack mentality made me fall into a trap of worrying more about money than the other pressing issues in our household. Now, there's a whole other inside story here about my money story, and it is going to be a story that I fully share with you on a future episode because I know it is so important to talk about and talk about how I've been able to heal that money story. But this, this a big piece of it lies in this story alone, but I wanted to share it with you because it, it's a little bit of context for this story. So my husband left the partnership, right? He's out. He leaves, like gone. And because he was a partner, a bitter battle ensued over the partnership agreement and the payout for his departure. 
And now suddenly we were thrown into a court battle with attorneys and business evaluation specialists that cost a shockingly large amount of money. So for the next six months, my husband did not work. He was in his own world trying to figure out what was his next move going to be. He spent that time researching, praying, networking, calling on mentors to help him and get advice and just really trying to navigate his next move. For us, it was truly like going through a divorce because everything felt like it was spinning. And while my husband was excited to be on a new path for him, I spent a lot of my time silently worrying about the future. We were blowing through our nest egg in the bank and sometimes even dipping into credit cards to just cover the essentials and get by. And at the time, our kids, we had a a son who was about four years old and a daughter who was one. So they were itty bitty. And again, I was a stay-at-home mom, really focused on taking care of them throughout the day. Now, I was also still taking a few freelance jobs, like I said at the beginning, here and there, but honestly, they were few and far between, and I just wasn't in a position to pick up the phone and land work immediately. Um, I had sort of been out of the workforce for a while, and this left me feeling totally unemployable. So my insecurities around my own value and worth really amped up, and it only fueled my fear and financial woes even more. I tried my very best to support Kyle and to cheer him on by keeping my feelings and fears to myself as much as I could, but inside of me, they began to churn and boil and rot. I was seasick from all the emotions I felt, fear, worry, sadness, guilt, loneliness, shame, confusion, anger. I felt all of it. Most days I couldn't keep it together and I would often retreat into my closet to bury my face into my clothes to cry so that no one could hear me. And so about six months into this, my husband took a consulting job traveling five days out of the week. Now, this was excellent news, right? Because we would finally have some money coming back in. And trust me, I was over there doing a big happy dance about this one. But little did I know that my shitty disposition was about to get even worse. Once he left the house on Monday morning, I knew I wouldn't see him again until late Friday night. And that left me in charge of all of it. It left me in charge of the house the kids, the bills, the worry, the doubt, the fear, the anger, the frustration, the attorneys, the accountants. Oh my gosh, I just spiraled into a deep, dark black hole. And every night after putting the kids to bed, I'd crawl up to my own bedroom and face the monster waiting for me. The monster that sat on my bed and fed me all sorts of lies, and I believed every single one of them. This monster told me that we were in a mess and I was too dumb to figure out how to get out of it. This monster told me I was irresponsible. I should have been better prepared. We should have been smarter with the partnership agreements. We should have been smarter with savings. We should have been smarter with our careers, blah, 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 blah. This monster told me I was a terrible mom. How could we put our kids at risk of this terrible, imminent doom and destruction that was sitting on our doorstep? The lies he fed me got bigger and bigger, and I believed every single one of them. 
There were countless times that I retreated over and over again into my closet to cry out into the darkness. I didn't want my kids to find me, so I'd hide in there and just bury myself into my clothes to muffle out any sounds. And one night, I was on the phone with my mother, who lived in Texas, whom I often called very late at night, and I would pour out my soul to because, you know, that's what moms do. They listen. And she, I think, got fed up with me also because I was a mess. I was a hot mess. I was spiraling, and I know that she could see that her daughter needed help. And she drew a line in the sand for me that night, and she said, April, here's what I want you to do. Why don't you just come home back to Texas? Just pack your bags, get in the car, I'll send you a plane ticket if needed, and you just get the kids and come home to Texas. Kyle can meet you here this weekend, and we'll just sit down, we'll sort all of this out, we are your family, we are here, we can help you. And you know what? It sounded like an amazing offer. And for about an hour that night, I gave it serious consideration. I was so tired and so weak and so emotionally bankrupt that I stood in the middle of my closet and I looked up on the shelves and I stared at my suitcase. And I thought to myself, I could do that. I could just grab this suitcase and put what I need inside of it and just go wake up the kids, put them in the car, and start driving a thousand miles to Texas in the middle of the night. Like that sounded like a good idea. I would call my husband in the morning and I would just tell him to reroute his return flight home to Dallas instead of to South Carolina. And we, we could just walk away. We could leave all of this behind. We could leave the house, the furniture, the clothes, the extra car parked in the driveway, the friends, the church, the life we'd created. Like I no longer had any energy to care about any of it. And I'll just leave it all behind and go running home to mom because (laughs) that's what we do, right? That sounds like such a good offer because I felt like the life that we were living was just too big of a burden and I did not know how to get us out of this mess. And I fell onto the floor of my closet and I cried out cries that I have never heard come out of my body. They were guttural, primal. I was so desperate and my cries were deep. About an hour later, I crawled out of the closet and fell into my bed. I was exhausted, but yet still awake because sleep was something that did not come easily in those days. And so I grabbed a book that was sitting on my nightstand that some women at my church had recommended to me. And of course, I hadn't read it yet. It was just sitting there, but I grabbed it thinking I could maybe find something inside of it um, that would help me and then maybe get help me go to sleep. And the book was called Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World by Joanna Weaver. Now, the author is a pastor's wife, and in the book, she references her own struggle with worry and fear. And that night when I opened the book, I found that chapter on how she deals with worry and anxiety. And she shared an inside story of a dark season of her own when her husband found her inside her closet, clinging to her clothes in desperation. And looking up at him, she asked him, what is the good news? 
tell me. I can't remember what the good news is. And that night I read that chapter and suddenly I saw myself in her story. I had lost sight of the good news. I couldn't see it. I was so completely lost. Now, if you're not familiar with this particular story in the Bible, the book references um, a story where Jesus comes to the house of these two sisters, Mary and Martha. And while Martha busies herself with the cooking and the cleaning and the preparing and looking after all the details because, you know, Jesus is in her house, Mary is sitting quietly in the living room, just sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening. Mary is not busying herself with the details. She is busying herself with Jesus. And I realized that in that moment, oh my gosh, I was being the worst Mary out there. I was trying to control everything, do everything, busy myself with so much worry and stress that I was forgetting the most important thing of all, God. I was leaving God completely out of this equation, and I had totally cut the spirit out of my life. I needed to stop being like Martha and start being more like Mary. I didn't need to solve all of my problems. I needed to sit and listen for the answers and for the guidance. That one little story in this book shined a light for me on a very dark night of the soul type of experience. Now, earlier, my mom had drawn a line in the sand and had given me a really great out and a great offer, but I made a decision not to go. I was not going to pack my bags and leave my life behind in South Carolina by running away to Texas. I was going to stop putting myself through the ringer by thinking I was the only one who had to solve all of our problems. Like, Carrie Underwood says in in her song, you know, I decided to sort of release the reins of control and truly let Jesus take the wheel. So I woke up the next morning and I made a list of what was true, not what the monster in my bedroom was telling me, but what was really the truth about our situation. And let me tell you, here's what the truth was. The truth was we were managing to pay our bills. I mean, literally, we were never late on one single bill during this time in our life, even though I made it out to sound, right, like that we were on the brink of destruction. We were managing to keep things afloat. But in my mind, I had made it out to feel like everything was falling apart and we were going to have to file bankruptcy or something like that. But we weren't. That was a lie. The truth was we were making it. Now, again, we were just getting by. Make no mistake about it, but, but I don't care. The truth is we were making it. And another truth, we had amazing attorneys working on our business case. The monster kept telling me that we couldn't afford their fees. And at any moment, we were going to have to just eject ourselves from this lawsuit and walk away from the hundreds of thousands of dollars that was owed to us by our business partners. But that was a lie. The truth was, we had found an amazing attorney who was working on our behalf and had agreed to take his fees once our lawsuit was settled. He believed in us, in our case, that much. Other positive truths came into light that day. When I looked looked around and thought about it, I could see that my husband was making progress in his life. 
that he had just enrolled in a coaching certification program, and he was beginning to build out his coaching practice while traveling as a business consultant. And so he was really finding his groove. He was happy again. The husband that I fell in love with and married had been returned to me. He was smiling. He was excited about the future. He was incorporating everything he was learning as a coach and was truly transforming his life from the inside out. Now, let me pause and tell you something else right here, because I I think this is important. During this time, this season of my life, I was the only one truly freaking out. My husband never panicked about the money or our future. He was so happy to leave that toxic partnership that anything we did felt like an improvement, not an imprisonment. I was the only one who chose to see it as an imprisonment. I let fear grip me, and I lost control. Now, it's important to point this out because it just goes to show you how perspective shapes everything. My husband and I had the same data, right? We were living in the same house. We had the same access to all the bank accounts. We had all the same data, but I chose to see it one way, and he chose to see it differently. So another positive truth in this time. My kids were totally okay. They were one and four at the time. So luckily, they were pretty oblivious to the turmoil I had been feeling and living through these past few months. And here's one of the biggest truths I discovered. Definitely the most important. It wasn't immediate, but the seed was planted that day. And eventually I came to see that the truth was I had great worth and value. I was smart, I was capable, and really, really good in my career. All I had to do was take a step forward and begin to take some action so that I could begin creating some forward momentum that would satisfy my need to feel like I controlled something and make me feel good about the situation. I just needed to step into my brave and take action. And so I did. I began to take small steps forward. Now, I want to be clear that there were definitely more difficult days that followed this sort of awakening that I had this day. But I now know that I had a story to come back to, right? I had a story to come back to on the bad days that would would remind me of the truth. And in those moments, I learned to shift out of my worry and anxiety so much quicker than what I have been doing. And as a result, during this time, my creative juices began to flow. New ideas were coming to me, and I was so much more conscious around managing my emotions. I held daily conversations with God and asked for guidance. I no longer disillusioned myself that I could or should be traveling this journey alone. I needed help from the divine, from the spirit, from the holy one, from the God, universe, source, light, whatever you want to call it. I readily asked for it and I listened for the answers. And within about a year, our life really did look very different from those days when I spent a few minutes each day crying in my closet. My husband had launched his full-time coaching practice, and it was really beginning to thrive. And he was no longer traveling Monday through Friday. He was still traveling some, but it wasn't as rigid as the consulting gig. And I was picking up more and more video projects because I had 
you know, really put myself back out there again and started to network and, and reach back out to some contacts that I had worked with in the past. And before I knew it, some more projects were rolling in and they were pretty exciting. I mean, I had some really great projects come my way during this time. I also had built a thriving direct sales business selling jewelry of all things. In fact, I had even earned a, a couple of free trips for myself and my husband uh, to Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. I mean, what a surprise that was. In fact, the jewelry business, when I look back on that, the jewelry business wasn't really something that I had planned to do. It's not something I expected. It wasn't something that I really sought out. And it wasn't something that I stuck with forever, obviously. But looking back, it was the perfect bridge opportunity that helped me get out of the house and out of my head. And I proved to myself that I could master something that I had never done before, which was sales. So I'm sharing this story with you today because I know there is a woman lying on her closet floor, either figuratively or literally right now, listening to my words. And I want you to know that number one, you are not alone. You are not crazy. You're just scared. And it's okay to be scared, but you also have to be brave. Number two, I want you to know that you will get through this dark time. Maybe you're a little busy being like Martha trying to hold all the pieces together, trying to fix everything, trying to control everything. I mean, I know. I was there. I wore that Martha badge with pride. When instead, I would encourage you to be a little bit more like Mary and just listen to your inner self. Listen to God or whatever you prefer to call the higher being. Listen for guidance. Number three, I want you to make a list of all the truths in your life. Not what that monster is telling you, but what is the truth? What is good? What is working right now? What is possible? And number four, I want you to get out of your house. Seriously, go do something. Take a walk in nature. Join a fitness class or, you know, start seeking counsel if you need it from a professional or a spiritual advisor. You could even do like I did and start selling something totally superficial and fun like jewelry. I mean, whatever works for you, but get out of your house daily. And number five, and this again is the most important one, and I want you to lean in close and listen to my words right now. Know your worth and value. You have so many gifts and talents and a purpose here on this earth. You may not feel it right now, or you may not know it, but I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to tell yourself, I love you. Tell yourself that you matter. Tell yourself that you are smart and capable. Say these things over and over again, even if you don't believe it yet. Do it daily because one day you will start to believe it and you will start out on a path to recovery. And then the beautiful part of all of this is that eventually one day you'll go on to tell your story and it will be someone else's survival guide. Just like Joanna Weaver in the book, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World, told her story and I clung to it like a beacon of light in the middle of a very dark night. So don't cheat yourself that experience. I am sitting here today 
as living proof of all of these things. And guess what? 2020 was the perfect litmus test of this work. Because while I've definitely had some challenging days this year, the good has far outweighed the bad. And I'm about 10 years removed from my closet floor moment. And don't think for a second that I have forgotten what that moment felt like. I know how hard I've worked to pick myself up off that floor and live a life full of truth. And those five steps that I just shared with you, I I do them daily. I challenge myself regularly to step into my brave and take action. I am much more intentional about wearing my Mary hat and sitting in silence, in prayer, and in meditation with God. And I talk back to that monster in my bedroom now because I tell him to go to hell because I don't have space for his lies in my life anymore. And I keep myself active with long walks in the park, listening to great podcasts like this one, joining my boot camp group and surrounding myself with spiritual teachers who give me the best advice when I need it. And I know, I definitely now know and appreciate my worth. I know I bring tremendous light into this world, and I love that I get to wake up every day and look for new ways to shine it. Honestly, being a light beamer to me is addictive. The charge that I get out of seeing someone else transform before my very eyes is by far and away the best feeling in the world. And my hope today is that by sharing a piece of my own story with you, you will find something to grab onto that feels encouraging and hopeful because there's always going to be challenging seasons ahead of us. This is an inside story that I've held onto for far too long and I haven't shared it nearly enough. So I'm giving this story air today and I'm bringing it into the light so that it may shine a light for you. What I know about how storytelling works is that When you are on the other side of a story like this, you can more easily share it and give it away because the story is no longer about you. It's about the person that you are sharing it with. So this isn't my story to tell anymore. It's yours. And when you start to tell your own story, you'll see how helpful it will be to someone else. And that is when you become a light beamer. So before I go, I want to say to you that you always have a seat at my table to share your story with me. I run a really special group on Facebook called the Light Beamers Community, and I'll leave a link in the show notes for you so you can find it easily. But this is where you can find me. And if you are looking for some support and encouragement and positivity, then please come join us in that group. I really can't wait to meet you and to learn more about your story too, because I know we all have these inside stories inside of us, and I'm on a mission to create a platform where these stories can be told and shared so that we can shine a light together out into the world and be light beamers together. So I want to thank you today for being here with me holding space as I shared the story with you and listening to my own inside story. As I said in the beginning, I hope that this story served you. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the home page to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too, so be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.